Hello, listeners of the Yours Truly podcast. Welcome back to another episode. That is episode 94 here of our show. So this episode that you are about to hear was actually scheduled to release last week on our show, but I actually chose to pause its release to help make a little bit more space on the interwebs for the Black voices and stories that really needed to be heard. So to the Black community, to anyone who might be listening or is a member of our Yours Truly community, although I will never ever understand what it is like to be a person of color in our world, please know that I do stand with you in solidarity and your life matters. So in being muted over the past week and taking some time to listen and acknowledge the many privileges that I personally have and to be challenged, of course, in more ways than one, I realized that when it comes to this anti-racism work, I personally have so, so much more to learn. So these words here at the beginning of today's show are not to serve as a, you know, I did the thing and I stayed muted for a week, so now back to business as usual. Uh, Not at all. That's not what I'm intending this to mean, but rather moving forward, I personally am committed to doing my own work behind the scenes of this show, of my business, of my social media channels to unlearn, to engage in probably a lot of uncomfortable conversations and to both support and share the work of Black and Indigenous people of color. So I plan to continue improving how I use this platform here, the pod, to provide professionals of all different sizes and backgrounds and colors and races and ethnicities as a place to speak and share their lived experiences and of course their helpful anti-diet messages for you, all of our listeners who are tuning in now. So as I said on my Instagram post, The other day, maybe about two days ago, when you are listening to the show, if you're catching it in live time, my efforts to do all of these things that I am mentioning will by no means be perfect. I can promise you that right here up top, but I really am here to try to do my absolute best. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with me and on any of our other communities or social media channels as I continue my own learning and unlearning process. So I wanted to add this little intro in here. We can call this an intro to the intro um, to help keep things on our podcast current and mindful of all that is going on because as you'll hear in a few moments when I let the original intro roll, I actually recorded this podcast both with our guests and again the original intro to go with it like over a month ago at this point at least. So it's it's been a while and again, wanted to help keep things current and mindful with everything that's happening. So without further ado, here is our episode today and we'll start off with me from a month ago. So let it roll. Hello, listeners of the Yours Truly podcast, and thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me for episode 94 here of our show. So I know either last week or maybe it was the week before I gave you a behind the scenes as far as what I'm looking at when I record this, and not to worry, the finches are back in force on their bird feeder right now as I'm looking out the window, I see one, two, three four, five, six yellow finches hanging from the finch socks, bird feeders, like I described a couple weeks ago. It's kind of like a tube sock hanging from a tree that's meshy so they can pick out the little seeds in there. Anyways, just had to give you an update because me and my bird friends are doing great. I feel like quarantine really has me focused in on uh, how many friends can I make that I'm actually allowed to hang out with right now. The birds, the squirrels, the fish in the stream outside. It's me and all my pals. (laughs) But since this is not, oh, actually in the bug on the wall over there. Wow. Right as I started talking about all of my nature-filled friends, a very large-looking bug that I have never seen before 
crawled onto the wall in front of me. So we're gonna hope that homeboy over there chills until I finish recording this. If you hear a very loud scream and like I am terrified on the end of the microphone, it's because that bug has taken flight and it has come a little bit too close for comfort. But as I was saying, if you've been here for one episode, for 93 episodes, you know that this is not the National Geographic podcast, although that would be cool. But we are here on the Yours Truly podcast to talk about all things intuitive eating, mending a relationship with food, and all that goes into that process. So if you're new to the show, we have a little bit of a schedule that we follow. So first, we're going to tackle our Goal Slayer featured post of the week, and then I'm going to intro today's guests. Yes, plural. There are two of them that I am so excited for you to quote-unquote meet and hear throughout this episode. So getting to our Goal Slayer post of the week, this post comes from a newer member of our community. It was actually the first post that this individual has ever shared, but they write, I'm about a week and a half into this intuitive eating journey, and sometimes I subconsciously feel like I overate or gain weight, and so I start to feel guilty. Didn't know if anyone else went through this and if there are any tips. Thank you. So there are a couple of likes on this post. There are a lot of comments. So this individual knows they are not alone in some of these thoughts or fears or questions. And I wanted to feature this one on the podcast because I feel like if you are a new listener or maybe if you're even a not a new listener, but I feel like anyone who is learning about intuitive eating or you're somewhere along this journey, you might have some of the same thoughts or curiosity or questions. So I want to actually read one response that she got from this post. So I'll read a comment that actually comes from one of my current one-on-one clients, and then I will read the response that I gave as well. So I'm not going to leave you hanging here. (laughs) You know that's not me. I always provide answers to our thoughts and questions and posts. So the first comment that she got from one of my current clients was, I wish I had the magic answer, but for me, it's been a combination of things. One, I couldn't force myself into another diet, so I might as well try intuitive eating and see what happens to my body. Number two, I've never maintained my weight if I'm not restricting. It's always a slow gain, so I might as well try intuitive eating. And the third one, she writes, my body is going to do whatever it wants to do at the end of the day, no matter how much I fight it. So I might as well try intuitive eating. And she ends with lots of radical acceptance, LOL. (laughs) Her comment got a lot of likes because I think people very much resonated with what she had to say. And now to follow with my comment, I always say hi, thanks for posting because I know being in a virtual community where you don't know all the people, sometimes it can be challenging to write a post and share what's going on. So we thank everyone for posting. And then I write, I always say that intuitive eating is a weight neutral process, meaning there's really no way to know what will happen to your weight as a result of healing your relationship with food and healing from dieting. Some people stay relatively the same weight, some people gain weight, especially if there's healing from any form of restriction involved, and some people lose weight. I know it's uncomfortable to not have a quote-unquote promise as to what your weight will do, but that's really the reality of this process. I'd encourage you to look beyond your weight. Like, what else are you gaining? What What will your life be like when you're free from dieting and disordered eating thoughts? How much more full and exciting will it be at that point, etc. Hope this helps. So my friend who is listening here on the podcast, if you have ever been in this journey, whether it's a current thought, a past thought, or maybe it's a future thought you're going to have where you're thinking, I'm feeling guilty. I'm feeling like my body is changing. I'm feeling maybe uncomfortable with some of these changes. I hope you will maybe pause for a moment and validate where you are. Say, this is normal. If I'm doing something that I've never done before, or I haven't done in a long time, it makes sense as to why some discomfort, some uneasiness is going to 
to come up. And then once you validate your experience and hold space for that, maybe you can start to look beyond what is happening in the here and the now to say, what else am I gaining? What am I adding to my life? What is my life going to be like when it's no longer ruled by food rules, by restrictions, by food fear, all of this stuff that dieting and disordered eating teaches us. And unfortunately, it normalizes as well. So now that we have our goal slayered featured post out of the way for today, I want to invite you, if you are not already hanging out with us in our community, please come and join us. We are, how many members we got? When I'm recording this here in the middle of May, we are at 505 members and growing. This is filled with some of my past and my current clients, as well as anyone who is just looking to learn more about intuitive eating and all that goes into making the 10 principles of intuitive eating come to life in your daily life. So we have weekly posts. I do live video trainings. You are free to post and get support from your community members. Members. So if you're any bit interested, even in the slightest, I really invite you to come and hang out. So if you are looking to do so, there is a brief application needed to join our community so you can learn a little bit more about the ground rules, about how we keep this community a kind and open space for all who are joining us. So that application lives on my website, clairetuning.com community. Again, clairetuning.com community. And that application is also linked in my bio on on Instagram. So if you click the link in the bio and click where it says Facebook community, it will take you right to my website and then all of the instructions on how to find us are listed from there. So da -da -da -da, without further ado, I got to bring my fancy transition music into the pod today. It wouldn't be a podcast without that. I truly do not believe it would be, <laughs> but I'm so excited to bring to you all today's guests from the Hazy podcast, Megan, Joe, and Carly. So Megan, Joe, and Carly, I actually connected with both of them on Instagram when I learned about their up and coming podcast. They were so kind to invite me onto their show. And of course, I wanted to have them on my show as well, because whenever I come into contact with two humans, especially two fellow dietitians who are rocking it in the intuitive eating, health at every size space. I always want to connect, have conversation, and of course hit record on those conversations so we can share them on platforms like this. So I'm going to offer the, the bio that Megan, Joe, and Carly would like me to read for their introduction, and then I'll tell you a little bit about our show today and what we chatted about. So the Hazy Podcast is an up-and-coming, health-at-every-size-focused podcast with two registered dietitians, Megan Joe Olson and Carly Met Metcalf, Metcalf, Carly, I should have asked you how to pronounce your last name. <laughs> But Carly, maybe you can uh, correct me after our show here. They share stories and a bit of science with a body positive message through a health at every size lens. They do this with the hope of one day dismantling the toxic diet culture that we live in. Megan Joe, who mostly goes by her middle name, Joe, could easily survive on tuna melts and sweet potato fries, Thai food, and condiments. She is not ashamed to say that her two best friends are her cats, I love that, by the way, Joe. <laughs> her favorite way to move her body is hiking, and her hiking goals include doing through hikes in the U.S., New Zealand, and Chile. Carly, who is a born and raised Alaskan, moved to Boise, Idaho just two years ago to be closer to family. She enjoys connecting with her community through different health at every size groups, soaking in the many Idaho hot springs, and watching endless amounts of TikToks with her cat, Poppy. Carly loves baking and hopes to one day be on the Great British Baking Show and fake a British accent. <laughs> so their Instagrams, if you're wanting to find them, connect with them more, we'll plug this again at the end of the episode, but their together Instagram for their podcast is at Hazy Podcast. And if you're wondering how to spell hazy, it's H-A-E-S-Y. So like haze, the health at every size acronym with a 
Y tacked on to the end. And then Carly's Instagram is beautiful nutrition, uh, full with two L. So Carly, I kind of think that's like a play on words. So beautiful, also like a full belly, a nourished spirit. I don't know, Carly, you're gonna have to know, or you're gonna have to let me know if I'm on the right track there, but beautiful with two L's nutrition. And then Joe's Instagram is at Megan Joe, just J-O underscore R-D. So as I've been hinting at from the moment that I hit record on this intro, I am so excited to introduce Joe again. Her name is Megan Joe, but we call her Joe and Carly to you all. They really have so much to share in the health at every size space. So this is a concept that we have talked about in a couple of episodes here so far on the Yours Chuli podcast. If this is a new concept to you, if you're if you've never heard of health at every size or haze, I would invite you to go back to some of our previous episodes, I believe. I should have looked before I hit record, but you can find one with Heather Rudelavage in, I believe it's the 70s maybe. And there's also a podcast episode a bit before that where I believe we cover some of the topics and ideas. So if you're new, travel back to those episodes in addition to listening to this one. But Joe, Carly, and I really talk about what is the health at every size movement? What are some of the misconceptions there? Why is it called health? at every size and not healthy at every size. And we offer some takeaways, some actionable items if you're looking to learn more and further your understanding of haze and how it really fits in to intuitive eating and why the two can't necessarily exist separately, why they very much go hand in hand with one another. So I really hope that you will enjoy today's episode. And without further ado, drum roll, please. I don't know if you can hear my drum roll. That was pretty weak. <laughs> but drum roll, please. Here is my conversation with Joe and Carly from The Hazy Podcast. I am sitting here with uh, the dynamic duo from The Hazy Podcast, Carly and Joe. Welcome to the show. That rhymed. How are <laughs> both of you today? <laughs> We are good. Thank you so much for having us. We are so excited to be on your podcast. This is both Joe and I's first podcast that we've, we've been guests on, so it's exciting. Well, very exciting. I was telling you all earlier, I'm really happy. I'm going to knock on wood as I say this, but happy that we've had no technical difficulties so far. So hopefully your first podcast interview of being on another podcast will be smooth and continue to go smoothly. So as I've briefed both of you, I have a little game show here that we play on the Yours Julie podcast called This or That. So my first question for you, and then I believe we have decided Joe's going to answer first and then Carly's going to follow. But our first this or that question is, would you prefer to have a house in the mountains or a house on the beach? On the mountains. Okay. <laughs> and for me, I think the beach. I really like the beach and the tropics. Okay, I see we have a little division here within the team. <laughs> we have one, uh, one beach lover, one mountain lover. So second one here, if you're going to have pasta, which is one of my favorite dishes, and we're talking sauce, would you prefer to have marinara sauce or Alfredo? Well, for me, I, I, I have to say it would depend on how I'm feeling in that moment. Maybe I tend a little bit more toward a marinara. Okay. And for me, 100% marinara. I'm actually obsessed with pasta right now. And on TikTok, I follow the pasta queen. If you don't follow her, oh my gosh, she is amazing. I'm marinara all the way. <laughs> All right. The pasta queen. Is that what she goes by? Yeah, I think it's like the pasta underscore queen or there's an underscore in there somewhere. Okay. So okay. She's so funny. I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. I'm a big pasta fan myself. I had, we're talking like types of pasta. I had, um, raviolis. Is that the kind that's like, it kind of looks like a pillow of pasta, but it's like stuffed with cheese on the inside. Mm. Yeah. I had some of that last night in like a butter sauce that I had made. It was delicious, but 
Speaking of sauces, I recently discovered there's actually a name for when you mix Alfredo and marinara, and I'm blanking on it right now. But do either of you know it's like an actual name? It's like something that people call it when you kind of have these on both of them. No, but that sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of like ends up being this like really beautiful pink color. I don't know. I've never done it personally, but I did discover it has a name. If any listeners out there are laughing at my uh, blanking on the name, they'll have to leave us a review and tell us the name of that pasta sauce. Um, so next one. So if you could only use one utensil for the rest of your life, would you choose a spoon or a fork? Fork. I would use a fork. <laughs> that was a very, she was like, I know my answer. <laughs> Definitive right there. <laughs> I would have to say spoon. I, I don't know why you chose fork. Because <laughs> a spoon, I feel like, what if you were eating a soup? soup with a fork I would just drink it from the side or something I would scoop it you know I would get the chunks but sip on it true I just like forks yeah mm, I think I'm gonna have to be with Joe on this one like I don't know try like if you think of like eating a, a salad or something like that how would you eat that with a spoon I just <laughs> <That's>, okay <laughs> maybe, can I switch <laughs> Can you switch teams? We'll allow it. We'll allow it here on the Yours Truly podcast. So final one that I have for the both of you is when we're talking movies, and I know this question might be better for when we are out of quarantine. For anyone listening, we are recording this all sitting in our homes, definitely in quarantine mode from COVID-19. But when we're talking movies, if you had the choice to leave your house, would you prefer to watch movies at home or watch them in the theater? I definitely prefer them at home, uh, I, unless it's something special. Uh, I just most of the time would prefer to watch it in my own home. I love this game that we're playing because we're just really highlighting our differences. <laughs> Um, I have to choose in the theater because I have such a bad attention span at home. And during this COVID-19, I really, really see that. I, I have a, a big difficulty working from home and movies, same thing. I like will turn on a movie and then I'll be like, oh, I need to cook something or I need to do this or I need to do that. And so definitely in the theater, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like um, in the theater gives you less room to be distracted, maybe, is what it sounds like. Yes. I am, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of laughing because did you all choose the same answer for any question? Well, I guess I, I changed to forks. So I guess you could say that, but. <laughs> I guess you're right. I think the pasta question, you were both like kind of team married oh, as well. But um, yeah, it's always interesting when I view teams, especially like fellow podcasting teams to see where the similarities and also differences at the same time lie. So thank you both for participating in our fun ice breaking game show here of the podcast. So for anyone who is listening, they're probably sitting at home or in their car or wherever they're listening to this thinking, okay, well, I know what utensils they prefer. I know where they like to watch movies. I know what type of pasta sauce they like, but who who are these two individuals? So um, I'd love for you all to take a moment and maybe share each just a little bit about, you know, who you are and maybe a little bit about how you all connected to come together for your show, which we'll plug at the end, but the Hazy podcast. So give us some background and insight on each of you if you would. Yeah. Uh, so we we first met because Carly had put together a group for professionals, like health at every size professionals called uh, Haze on Haze because there's a street and we live in Boise, Idaho. And so there's a street called Haze. And so the first meeting was at uh, a location on this street. And so it's oh, called okay. Haze on Haze, uh, different spelling. And so it's just become that group. And so we connected through that and then uh, she had mentioned at one of the meetings she was interested in starting a podcast, and I know for me, uh, it's always been one of my favorite mediums to listen to, and in college, I had a couple shows that I did on the college radio station, and actually, after I finished my degree in nutrition and dietetics, I went um, and interned a little while with our local NPR station and felt that out a little bit, and then kind of 
came back over to uh, the first track a little bit, but it's really nice to see them now and how they intertwine and mesh together a little bit. Yeah, I love that. I, I did not know the little backstory behind how you two met and the haze on haze, like how how perfect. I'm a sucker for a play on words. So <laughs> even though it has different spelling, that's very fitting in that way. So yeah, Carly, take the floor. Yeah. Um... I am so glad that we connected through that, that group. And um, I was actually new to Boise at the time. And so I was just, just really wanting connection with other people that are like-minded in the health at every size community. And wow, did I find it here in Boise? Like it has just blown me away. And the friends that I've made um, through this group and otherwise has, has just, been amazing. So um, yeah, and I've always wanted to do a podcast. I was on TV for the first time like a year ago. And like, my, I always say my dream job is to be the dietitian on the Today Show, which that is like the highest goal of mine. Who knows if I'll ever reach it, but Joy Bauer, she better watch out. Anyways, um, <laughs> She's she's a little outdated too. I'd love to bring a health at every size approach to totally, um, yeah, to that. But anyways, yeah, when Joe and I met and we started talking about the podcast or the idea of starting a podcast together, I'd already kind of started trying out a podcast alone. And for me, I just I am not a perfectionist and I love that Joe brings that side and thinks in different ways than I do and it has just been really great to work with someone else on this podcast. So that's kind of how we came together. Yeah. Even though you have different preferences in your homes and your utensils, it seems that you all mesh very well when it comes to complimenting each other there on your show. So thanks for sharing a little bit about your backstory. And it sounds like each of you had kind of an interest in like speaking on more of a, of a public platform. Joe, you were talking about like radio and interest there. And then Carly, I mean, that would be exciting. I have to say, if you end up being the dietitian on the Today Show, I will be fangirling you all day long. Like, I know her. <laughs> like, I've spoken to her before. So I'm right with you right there. Uh, Joy Bauer, that's her name, the, the current dietitian there, right? Yeah. Better watch out because you're coming for with a health at every size perspective. So speaking there of health at every size and your podcast is the Hazy Podcast, which for anyone who is wondering, that is Haze, like the acronym health at every size with a Y at the end, correct? Yep. Yep. Um, I, I'm kind of curious, or I'd love for you each just maybe to share how you define, you know, health at every size, what that is, because it's something that I've talked about in multiple episodes here of our podcast, but you know, we're getting new listeners. I know this is a concept that some people hear it and maybe it takes a while to understand or kind of fully let that soak in what this means, kind of what that refers to. So yeah, I'd love for you to share each a little bit about what this means and maybe what it means means for you? Yeah. So for me, when I first was introduced to the idea of health at every size, it, um, it meant pretty much how it sounds like you can be healthy at any size. And that's what kind of drew me in at first, because it's something that I hadn't heard before. Um, but over the years, it's definitely changed the definition of health at every size. I uh, Last year around this time, I went to Lindo Bacon's event in Washington and got to hear, um, hear Lindo speak. And it changed for me and she even, or they even said that it changed for them as well. Um, the, the definition of health at every size and the book that Lindo came out with years ago, it's changed. Mm -hmm. And it really, for Lindo now, means more respect at every size. And I totally am on board with with all of it, I'm on board with health at every size and being respected at every size. But really, I think at the core of health at every size, it really means just being respected in the healthcare setting and in the world at any size that you are and being treated equally like anybody um, in a smaller body would at the doctor's office, at the mall, wherever you are in your life, just being respected. And so 
like I said at the beginning, it was definitely health at every size. You can be healthy at any size. And and now it's it's changed. Do you want to add to that, Joe? Yeah. So I think in a lot of ways, the the biggest issue with our healthcare system now is there's a lot of people the the weight stigma, you know, where people in larger bodies are treated differently, do not have the the same experience or privileges that people in thinner bodies have. Um, in the healthcare system, they aren't, you know, if they're in the same job, they're often paid less, or they're not even given the promotions that people in smaller bodies might be given. And I think a lot of the responsibility falls on individuals to, oh, well, if they cared enough, they would be smaller. If they cared enough, if they had enough willpower, if they had all these things. And so it's a lot of stigmatization around them and these stereotypes come up. And so it's just, it's very unfair. And I, I think so it's kind of a social justice movement as well. And, uh, and I really like that because I think when we're looking for equality and uh, we want people to have a same starting place, you know, and yeah, I, I, did, I, did I hit on everything? Do you think that we got it? Is there anything we're missing that? I also want to say that when I'm saying healthy at any size, that's another thing that I've learned through the process is it doesn't mean you're healthy at any size, right? But also health isn't an indicator of worth as well. So there's a lot of different layers to health at every size, but I think at the base, the basic um, definition for us is just that you deserve respect at any size and you deserve to be able to pursue health at any size. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think something too that both of your definitions speak to, and I very much realize that me asking define this or, you know, what does this mean is a very loaded question because I think both of your questions speak to there's a lot to this. It's kind of like that, you know, seven layer dip. It's like I go through one layer. Oh my gosh. It's a whole new component that I have to learn about. And I dip through the other layer. It's like, wow, there's still more down there. And I think that is something that I have definitely learned being an intuitive eating and a health at every line, health at every size aligned practitioner is there's always more to learn. And it's about more than just the health itself, right? You kind of brought up that social justice component as well. And Carly, something that I, I want to touch on, I was actually smiling as you were saying those last few words, because the next question that I had for both of you kind of is touching on the misconceptions, like the boatloads of misconceptions, right? I think oftentimes when we hear um, this movement, you know, health at every size, catching a lot of negative feedback or flack in a way, it's oftentimes because there's a big misunderstanding as far as what it actually means. So I actually wanted to bring up that um, idea of healthy at every size, right? Because oftentimes I will hear people um, kind of misspeak and, and misstep in a way. Again, when we are learning, I even did this when I was first learning about it, I thought the acronym was healthy at every size, right? Not health at every size. So I'm kind of wondering when you're saying there um, that it, it's not necessarily healthy at every size, right? And health is not a barometer for worth, nor does everyone need to be pursuing the same definition there. I'm kind of curious just what you mean by that. If maybe one of our listeners has thought it stands for healthy at every size, or if they're hearing that saying, I need more on that, or I'm maybe not understanding why it's not that. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. And there are so many misconceptions. And one of the biggest ones is that healthy piece. And I think we live in a society and in a world that um, if you're not healthy, like we judge people. And if you're not pursuing health, or if you're not pursuing, whether it be weight loss, or maybe you have diabetes, and you're not pursuing um, a healthy um, a healthy way of life with your diabetes, or whatever it may be, then you're less than or oftentimes shamed, which is really, really sad. And um, a quote I've been hearing a lot lately is you can't be shamed into healthy, or I even believe you said that on our podcast, like shaming um, anybody into anything is not the way to go. It's not how people learn. It's not how behavior change works. And as hard as it is, and I see clients daily that I just, I, I want 
the best for them. I want them to be happy and healthy. I want everybody to be happy and healthy. It's not, um, it's not realistic for everybody because of so many different factors. And, um, so at the end of the day, if someone is saying, well, you can't be healthy at any size, like, I don't know what this health at every size is about. It's not true. Um, always go back to that social justice movement. Always go back to treating people with respect. And, um, you know, you might not agree with what they're doing or the behaviors that they are pursuing every day, but we're all human beings. And I like to believe we're all trying our best. And with what we're given. So um, that kind of hopefully debunks that question that I get a lot as well, the healthy at any size. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I really like the health at every size approach because it hits on more than just a physical health. You know, they work on self-esteem, they work on uh, movement that feels good in your body. They work on also, I feel that intuitive piece that uh, I feel is in, is essential for someone to really take care of themselves. And I just, I think it's really lacking when we look at the diet culture we live in for people to get in tune with their bodies and form this kind of communication so they can listen to themselves and know how to take care of themselves in a lot of ways too. Right, right. And I think something too, I mean, in, in the world that we live in and the diet culture that is all around us, like I know you all would maybe agree with this because I mean, we all (laughs) live in this world, right? And this all impacts everyone very differently, but we very much see this really myopic focus on like, it's just about what you eat or what you don't eat or how you move and how you don't move. But what I think health at every size does a really beautiful job of is it kind of zooms out and it says, well, yeah, we have to eat, right? And maybe movement is an important value for some people, right? Maybe it's not for others, but we see these other components and these other dimensions of health being acknowledged and recognized as really important contributing factors to, to what might be going on in someone's life. And something that I often do kind of as we're speaking about misconceptions and people who say, oh, I don't believe in that, right? Or, oh, you know, that's a bunch of whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, Something that I will often do is I would butcher them if I tried to say them off the top of my head, but the five principles of health at every size, right? I know there's life enhancing movement. There's one about eating. There's like respectful care, right? And there's two more that I'm, that are not coming to my mind right now. But if we remove the label from that, right? And we kind of share those with an individual and like, what do you think about these principles or, you know, approaching health or, you know, talking to someone in this way, I've often had people say, Oh, of course, right? That's awesome. That makes sense. And then we say, well, you know, those are actually the the core foundations of the health at every size approach. So I think it's very interesting when we kind of take the label off that has so many misconceptions and misunderstandings and we say, this is what it's about. You'll often find many people agree and they say, oh, that makes sense because, you know, Carly, as you were saying, it's rooted in respect and, and care for, for all bodies in that way. So One question that I get a fair amount from my clients, from people on social media, as we're kind of talking about misconceptions and some people not understanding is when, you know, a client or an individual is learning about this for themselves and it really resonates and they feel really like liberated or uplifted by this message. And then they have other people in their life who are not on board, maybe who don't understand, who kind of like throw shade on, you know, like you were saying earlier, Carly, like, you know, oh, you're not doing X behavior. I'm going to shame you for that, or I'm going to second guess you for that. So I'm wondering maybe based on any experience that you all have had in working with clients or maybe sharing this message with people out in the world, what are maybe some pointers that you can offer if someone is in a situation where their loved ones, their support systems are really not on board, what, you know, maybe you have a statement that they can throw out there. Maybe you have like a go-to guide or like a handbook for lack of a better term, but what are your thoughts and advice there? That's a tough question. (laughs) Um, So for me, um, I think the work isn't so much um, 
you know, changing people's minds, if they're really coming at you, like, you kind of have to gauge right where they're at. And maybe if they're saying little, little nuggets to you that maybe sound like you can put a little comment in there, um, then, then do that. I, I had, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, I had one of my great friends, mothers talk about, um, people in larger bodies and airplanes specifically. And I really wanted to get the point of point across that like, um, well, if the seats were bigger and let's be honest, don't we all want the seats to be bigger? Those seats are tiny and like the leg room you get is terrible, but in people in larger bodies, um, they feel embarrassed. They can't often travel. And, um, I wanted to get that across so badly. Um, but she was just kind of, it, it, you could tell that she was pretty closed off to the idea and people in extra large bodies. And when we talk about health at every size, we are talking about from the smallest to the very biggest, like we're not discriminating on that. And I think a lot of people, they have trouble. Um, they have trouble thinking about the very largest people being healthy or doing health promoting behaviors. Um, so like I said, you kind of just have to gauge. And for me, when I come across those people that I feel like I can't really even get a little phrase into, I, um, I internally work on my own messaging and, and what content I'm consuming via social media or things like that. And I just take that all in. Everything I've learned has been from um, health at every size dietitians and health professionals on social media and um, the ones that I've worked with closely. And so I just consume all of that information. I am not perfect. I don't have the right answer for this question, honestly. Um, and I'm still working on that myself. But um, when I come across tough situations like that, if I can put in a little health at every size quote or talk about respect, for all bodies, I will. If not, I just internally go to my Instagram, honestly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and for me, I mean, I might, if they're willing, like some people just aren't wanting to hear you. And I forget the name of this phenomenon or this occurrence, but it's something about, you know, we all might be looking at the same thing, but based on our beliefs, it validates our beliefs, even if they're like on opposite sides, you know, we take the facts in differently. And so it's, it can be really difficult to try and convince someone that's completely on the other side. But if, but if someone really does want to open their mind and they're willing, I try to lead them to resources like the weight science paper by Linda Bacon um, is kind of like a it looks at all these different studies that really point to the science behind health at every size. And I like to do that. It also goes into, yeah, a little bit more about treating people with respect and how uh, stigmatizing people based on their weight is a negative thing and it doesn't benefit anyone. And I think if someone does like, that's the smallest thing. I think that's the smallest starting point is to convince someone that, these people still deserve respect and maybe the stereotypes associated with people that are living in larger bodies aren't true, you know, and to try and deprogram from like those smaller pieces. Cause I think it's the easiest thing to get on board with is to agree that people do, res that people do deserve respect, you know? And yeah. I think if you can start from there and then, just give them a little, then they can come over a little bit more, but there's tons of resources out there. Um, and so, yeah, that's yeah. kind of where I like to direct people. I'm not the greatest with being concise with words. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's best for me to share resources. Yeah. And especially when it comes to a topic like this, that is so nuanced, right? There are so many pieces to it. I, I know it can be very challenging, especially depending on the setting to say, oh, this is what it is, right? And this is the research behind it. I very much agree that kind of having a, a resource or a guide to kind of point people in the direction of if they are open to it can be a very powerful way to go about it. And that's kind of something that I wanted to touch on that both of you were saying is kind of gauging where the other person is coming from and their level of maybe interest or readiness to hear 
another perspective that they may be uncomfortable with. I think that's a really powerful like boundary setting tool, right? When someone says something and you just pick up on the body language, the energy in the room that even if I did say something, like it would come at the expense of my energy, my self-care, because it would not be well received. Like I always try to be very reassuring to my clients and people like we do not always have to stand and say, right? Sometimes that might be appropriate. And if people feel like going for it and, you know, the person on the other end is very receptive and you're maybe very comfortable with them, I think that can be awesome. But I think it's also okay to offer that permission slip in a way, Carly, as you were almost saying, to kind of like hit pause and hear their comment, but then kind of turn the narrative inward to say, well, how can I work on me and how I receive these comments and the information that I'm taking in? So maybe one day I we can challenge, I can educate if that feels comfortable for me. But I, I like to be clear whenever I'm talking in the podcast or to my clients about, you know, challenging these comments or conversations that we don't always have to, if that doesn't feel, you know, helpful or respectful for our own boundaries in that way. So the final question that I have for each of you before we dive into where we find you and we plug all of your great information, I do want to connect here for a moment, intuitive eating and health at every size because in my like elevator pitch of intuitive eating when I'm describing what it is I always say that it is you know a set of 10 research informed principles and then I plug and fangirl my girls Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rash and I say the principles are in alignment with health at every size so I'm curious from both of your perspectives since you're both dietitians you both believe in both of the frameworks why do you think it's important that we connect intuitive eating and kind of say this is health at every size aligned rather than leaving that piece out. I'm curious your your thoughts, ideas there. Um, I, I think it's important to connect them because if we don't, then intuitive eating doesn't maybe feel like something that's for everyone. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, you know, if someone is, you know, more in a restrictive sort of um, eating, then it, it makes sense to open up their eating. But I feel like on the other end of that, if someone is more into the binging or maybe is in a larger body, then it doesn't seem available to them because they already are in this place. And I feel like opening it up and connecting those two schools, it, it makes perfect sense to me. And I think in the new edition, the fourth edition of intuitive eating, they're definitely going to line them up a little bit more for us as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think um, for me, I learned about intuitive eating first um, and I read the first edition and it wasn't so health at every size aligned. Um, But in the, I, I don't know really how I realized that those two connected, but even in the first edition, like, um, they talk about weight and they say, you know, you may gain weight or you may not gain weight. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's not what this is about. And that clicked for me and it's, and it's still a work in progress in trying to let the weight piece go. Um, but there's a gray area in both of them. So in health at every size, it's not black and white and in intuitive eating, it's not black and white. And I think that that's the most difficult part for people to get to is that gray area, but it's always just doing the next best thing in terms of intuitive eating and health at every size as a practitioner, or if you're just a person trying to practice a health at every size approach in your life, um, And it's hard in the world that we live in that is so black and white and is so right and wrong to to connect that piece in your brain that there is a gray area. And it's really a great and safe place to be for a multitude of reasons. But I think that's the biggest thing that comes to mind in in terms of connecting the two things is that they they both help you practice that gray area approach, if that makes sense. Um, which is often so tough and still is a work in progress for me. 
Yeah. And I, I, I love that you're mentioning it's still a work in progress for you. I feel like we're all in that boat, right? Anyone who I meet that says, I've, I know all the things, right? Not a work in progress. I'm like, hmm, what planet are you from? <laughs> because that's not where I am. Um, but I think it's so powerful to kind of say and normalize the fact that the gray area is really hard and it's challenging because we live in a world that teaches black and white, right and wrong, good and bad, clean and dirty, right? All of these kind of like very binary terms. So when we hear these messages that are uh, very much focused in the feeling and the turning inward and the respect and kind of zooming out on all of the different factors of health, it can be really challenging to wrap our minds around that because we're taught you just eat this and you just look like this and you maybe move this way and then poof, you know, all, all of our quote unquote problems are solved. So um, I think both of you did very beautiful jobs kind of bringing this all together. Whenever I have, you know, health at every size focus guests on the podcast, I do like to draw it into intuitive eating because I, like you, Carly, I learned about intuitive eating first. And I feel like most people kind of learn about intuitive eating first and then we discover health at every size as a result. So I wanted to connect that for our listeners to kind of show them how this fits there at the end. So as we're kind of coming to a close here, I'd love to give you each a moment to plug where people can find you, where they can listen to your podcast. If there's anything that you're working on or releasing out into the universe, let us know so everyone can find you. Yeah. So we have an Instagram and it's at hazy podcast, H A E S Y podcast. Um, and obviously that's because we have a podcast and it's called the hazy podcast. Um, and you can find that on most listening sites, the biggest being Spotify and Apple, you can find us. Um, and then we're on anchor as well. Um, and we've got some big things coming up. Do you want to talk about kind of the things that the interviews that we have coming up, Joe? Yeah. So we, uh, last week released, well, on Sunday, we released part one of our two part interview with Amy Pence Brown, uh, fat feminine activist, wonderful woman from here in Boise. And it's amazing. It's definitely my favorite interview that we've done so far and so the second part will come out on Sunday and then following up with that we have another interview with a um, yoga therapy uh, practitioner therapist uh, does a lot of work with embodiment and uh, kind of working through trauma in the body through movement she's great her name is Jess Maitri and I'm really excited about that as well. Yeah, sounds like people have an awesome trail of information to follow. <laughs> Once they listen to this podcast, they can find you both. And hopefully by the time this is released, both of those will be out. Because I believe you mentioned it'll be this coming week from when we are recording and then the following week, right? Correct. Awesome. Well, uh, you have my word listeners. By the time you are listening to this show, those are all out. So if anyone wants a, a day, night, morning, evening of podcasting, they know where to go. Um, so thank both of you so much for your time, for being here. I don't know where you all are. I know you're in Idaho, correct? Boise? Yeah. Where yeah. I am here in Virginia, it is like the dreariest coldest, like most bleak day. So I was so looking forward to having this conversation to bring a little bit of light and uplifting energy into my day. But yeah, thank both of you so much for being here and for the listeners of the Yours Truly podcast. As always, if you love what we share, if you enjoy our messages here, do not forget to like, love, and share, leave a rating and a review. And we will be back next week with an episode. So for now, we will sign off off. Yours truly, Joe, Carly, and Claire.